0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. You know, there is a lot of darkness in the world, but not every place in the world is dark, right? And... Uh, we can, we can be a bright light, not just a light, but we can be a bright light every place that we go. And, and one of the things that we've talked about in relating to being a light in, the, in this darkened world is, is going into a cave, and you, you guys have probably experienced this where you're in a cave and they turn off all the lights and then somebody lights a match or a candle or something, and that one, that one uh, candle or that one match makes a huge difference because darkness cannot overcome the light, but the light overcomes the darkness. The the light dispels the darkness because when you light that candle, it pushes back the darkness. So the same thing happens on the spiritual realm as well. As we are the light of the world, we are pushing back the darkness. We are bringing exposure to the wickedness and the evil that's around us. And so I wanted to give a, a couple of examples here. And just ask us, what kind of light are we? Because we can we can have the authority and we can have the power to be a light, but are we? Are we being a light? Are we being a little bit of a light? I don't know if you guys can see this. Because it's kind of bright up here. If you wonder why I'm, I'm you know, you know grimacing sometimes is because these lights are blinding me you know so uh i hope i don't have a bad look like i'm angry or something but these lights are really intense so anyway can you can you tell a little bit of a difference here maybe yeah okay well if i were to open this up well let me just open it up that's a that's a bright light and i think if you probably walked into this room even in daylight, you would probably see this light because of the brightness. And so we're called not to just be a candle with no light or just be a candle with a little bit of light, but to be a bright light like this. And um, so my, one of my questions today is, what light are you? Are you a candle that has the potential to be a light, or are you a little light are you a, a bright light shining in, in the world? Um, you know, we have so many opportunities to be a light, even when we go to H-E-B, in your neighborhood, at work, at school. What about in your home? You have the opportunity to be a light in your home by prayer. Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your marriage or your children? You have the opportunity to be quoting Scripture, speaking Scripture over your family, over your own life, over your marriage. You have the opportunity to be worshiping, playing worship music in your home 24-7. You can do that, to bring the presence of God into your home and and engage with him. And then also encouragement. You have the opportunity to be encouraging to your family. Son, daughter, you can do all things through Christ because he gives you strength. You can get through this challenge. Our children have challenges today, man. They're going after our kids. And we need to stand up for them. We need to protect them. We need to guard them. We need to stand up against some of this crazy stuff that's going on. What about being a light at your church? There are people that pass through here all the time. And uh, there there are people that are uh, sporadic attendees. But when they come to Life Fellowship... They're gonna, they may be searching for something, and one thing that there are several things that they're going to experience. They're going to experience the presence of God here. They're going to experience a, a church family that's loving and gracious and kind. And there are people that, that will come through that won't really plug into a church because they don't really desire to yield to the Lord. I've seen that time and time again. They just want a drive-by boost or a quick fix. But even so, even if they're just going through a drive-by, they're going to experience the love of Christ. They're going to experience people that are genuinely loving and caring. They're going to experience worship. You know, a lot of churches really don't engage in worship. There's a lot of entertainment in churches today. But they're going to come here, they're going to see what worship looks like as they see you, as they see us worshiping and engaging. They're going to hear the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. It's able to change our lives. It will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. So they could be here and they could hear a message that's just right in line with what they really need. But we need to realize that there are people that are just driving through, they just want a quick fix. And we need to be okay with that. I remember one time there was a lady when we were meeting in the other buildings, and I'm going to close this off. (laughs) I don't need any more light, you know. Uh, she was driving by and somebody on the, on the greeting team was out, outside and they were waving at the cars driving by and she pulled in and she received the Lord and she said, man, this is a great church. I love it here. And she never came back. <laughs> it's a good thing that she loved the church, right? But, but who knows what God was doing in that moment? And so she received the Lord, and who knows what God was doing. And so when people drive by, when people drive through our church, right, we have the opportunity right then to minister the hope and the love of Christ to them. Because there, there may be some that are seeking to learn about Jesus, but others have a relationship with Jesus like us, and we desire to go out and live it. Live it. There you go. So... Uh, we, have, we have great opportunities in the community, in our homes, even at church. And uh, I know most of you are firmly committed to the Lord, receiving and giving, maturing and growing. Uh, but we, have, we live in a world of CEOs, Christmas and Easter only, that have little to no relationship with the Lord. If, if you ask somebody today, well, are you a Christian? What does that really mean? it can mean a lot of different things. However, we are making a difference by going out and sharing the hope and the love of Christ with others. And so we're, we're doing that on a global basis. I know we're doing that on a local basis. And the Sunrise Service is a great opportunity for us to reach out into the community. So invite your friends. They'll, there will be hundreds of people there. And uh, uh, there's all kinds of Issues going on with the people that will be there. You have people that are probably unsaved. You have people that are trapped in all kinds of ungodly lifestyles, have sin in their life. They're doing things that are bringing death and destruction to their lives and their family. But the presence of the Lord at the sunrise service can set people free. It can redirect their life. And here's the thing. Once we were like them once we were lost we had no hope we didn't even know where the path was much less how to get on it people need to know and believe it is only through christ that we are saved and i think there are people in the church that need to be reminded of that we encounter people that believe the lies people uh, and i'm sure you've encountered them too where they say well Good people go to heaven, and I'm a good person. I've never robbed a bank. I've never killed anybody. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> I mean, maybe, they, maybe they're not telling a lie there, but that's not going to get them to heaven. We know that it's only through Christ. Or maybe you've talked to people that have said, well, I'll, I'll, come, to, I'll come to the Lord when I get my life together. You know, I can't come to church right now because my life's a mess. Well, that's when you need to come to church. That's when you need God, because if you're waiting until you get your life together, without him, it's not going to happen. Right? Because if we could fix our own lives, we probably would. But we can't. We need him. And so people need to know, but not only know, but believe it's only through Christ that we're saved. It's not through our good works. It's only through him. Now, our good works will be a result of this transformation, right? Well, let's go to Romans 3, 22 through 25. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. I love that scripture. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God. I love that. Some versions may say, but God. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. The, the ground is level at the cross. It doesn't matter what your social status is. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter your zip code. It doesn't, none of that matters. Because it's all level at the cross. Yes. And God loves people. And God wants to see people come into a passionate relationship with him. Because we live in a world where people's lives are being destroyed. People are being killed. (laughs) Maybe not physically, but sometimes physically, but spiritually. God cares about those people. We care about those people. And so this is great news that no matter who we are, For God, uh, for everyone is sin and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace makes us free, makes us right in his sight. Freely makes us right in his sight. Freely makes us right in his sight. That we're made right, we're brought into right standing. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And then also receiving that, saying, wait, wait, I I believe this, I receive this. Now, Lord, will you do this transformation in my life? When counseling or speaking with people, this is the truth. This is the truth that we can give them. That it's only through Christ that we can be saved. Jesus is the only solution for our life and problems. And I've thought about that as I, I thought, man, that just sounds like such a just a general phase. Well, Jesus is the answer, but he really is. He really is the answer. Listen, we can't fix people. We cannot. We can't even fix ourselves. But we can help people. And. You know, as a church, we do that the best we can. Sunday morning services, where you come and you receive, where you engage in worship, where you engage with other believers, where you're encouraged, you're strengthened. You hear the Word. The Holy Spirit is speaking into your life for encouragement and maybe revealing some things in our lives that He wants to deal with. And Sunday mornings are, are, are where we can get fed so we can go and feed we can't, we can't give if we don't have something to give. And we have these relationships where we model and, and we example and we see and uh, others that model godly examples. These are some of the keys to our spiritual health. And spiritual health leads to spiritual maturity. You know, our core scripture, Ephesians 4.11, talks about these are the gifts Christ gave to the church for the equipping of the saints so that we come into knowledge of God's Son Jesus and unity in our faith so that we become mature not that we just get saved but that we become committed followers of Christ but not just for us but so the world can see that there are examples and that we can go out and, and help other people I was thinking about this the past couple of weeks and I was thinking that all of our personal issues and problems I believe are a direct result of sin and I started thinking about this I started thinking well can I definitively say that now I'm not talking about the economy cuz you don't have a you don't determine the economy I'm not talking about uh, the issues with with uh, China and Russia and North Korea because you don't have a direct input into those things. But what I'm talking about is our personal life. Think about your own life. Maybe think about people that are struggling. If you you condense it all down, you probably will find, and I can't think of a situation that this is not true, where it comes down to sin. And if you can think of something, let me know after the service. I don't want to know right now. But it could be it, it could be a direct directly related to sin, or it could be indirectly related to sin. But it's still related to sin. Say if someone sexually abused, well, that wasn't their fault. It wasn't their sin, but it was indirectly related to sin. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden of uh, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned. Okay, it had an effect on us indirectly because when they sinned. Sin entered into all of humanity. It became part of our spiritual DNA. But I was thinking that what, are, what is the solution to sin? It's really Jesus. It's coming to him and saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And then transforming our life. John 3.16, we know this, this is the NLT, it says, For this is how God loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So we know this scripture, we've read it, we know it in the King James, right? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life, (laughs) right? Right? But what does it it say here in verse 17? God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. He is the hope of the world. He is the Savior. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. And so this word believes means that we believe that Jesus is true. Therefore, to be worthy of our trust. We believe Jesus to the point that we entrust ourselves to him in complete confidence. So that's what this word believe means. Are you trusting God in complete in completeness? Verse 18 continues, But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And so when we look at this word, does not believe, it means to not express belief. To not believe that Jesus is true. To not believe that he's worthy of, of our trust. To not believe that we can have any confidence in him. So believing is, is, is more than just knowing about it. It's having a commitment and saying, look, I, I believe in you to the point, Jesus, that I'm going to trust you with my life. That I'm going to walk in confidence in you. Pride and selfishness are our greatest hindrances in trusting the Lord. There's certainly two of the hindrances. Pride, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need the Lord. Or, well, maybe I'll give the Lord part of my life, but I'm not going to give him all my life. Or selfishness? Well, you know, I know that the word says this, and I know I shouldn't do that, but it's all about me. I officiated a funeral one time, a guy that used to go to our church here a long time ago, and his dad passed, and he asked me to do the funeral. I said, yeah, I'll I'll do the funeral. And uh, as we talked about it, he said, there's a song that I want them to play at my dad's funeral. And there's an old song, uh, I forget who did it now, but the song says, I did it my way. And I'm thinking, that's not a very good song, I don't think. I don't know this guy's station in life, his dad. I don't get the impression that he was a Christian, but as Christians, you know, that would not be the song that we would want to sing. I did it my way because it's all about me. But do we have that attitude sometimes? Do we say, well, I know it's supposed to be all about you, God, but really, if I really am honest, it's really all about me. And the judgment is based... On this fact, God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. So, why do people shun the light? Why do people run from the light? I think here's the key right here. I think it goes back to what I was saying a while ago, sin. God's light came into the world. His name is Jesus but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Many people desire to yield to their flesh instead of God's Spirit. So, we're talking about how we can have an impact locally. We deal with people here in our communities that are lost, that, that are focused on themselves because they don't have a relationship with the Lord. Proverbs 17, 3 says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Maybe this week we take some time and we say, Lord, what's in my heart? What's really deep in my heart? So my first point this morning is we can be a bright light every place we go. I'm not looking at it because I'll see dots. Our, my second point is our relationship with the Lord defines who we are. I want to write this down. If you have the YouVersion app, we have all the scriptures and points there. Our relationship with the Lord defines who we are. You know, uh, men, I don't know as much about women, but men, when, whenever a man meets somebody, it's like, Hi, hey, my name's... Bob, hi, my name's William, you know, or whatever. And so one of the first things they say is, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a doctor. I'm an attorney. I'm a a sanitary worker. Ooh, sanitary worker? Oh, hey, nice to meet you. (laughs) But we, we begin to judge people based on what they do or our perception without knowing anything about their life or knowing anything about them at all. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Okay, that's who we are. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is someone that goes from their home country to another country or another kingdom, and they are representing the kingdom or the country that they came from. They're representing that, that country in a foreign land. So we know that our home is not in this world. We live here, but we're children of God. Our kingdom, our home is in heaven. And right now, we are ambassadors of heaven on earth. So are we representing the kingdom that we come from? Are we representing our king? What does the world see? When they look at our lives, 2 Corinthians 5.20 continues, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Because why? Because we're his ambassadors. We're the ones that are representing the kingdom and representing him. As Christ's ambassadors, we're speaking to the world on behalf of Christ. Think about that. You're speaking to the world on the the behalf of Christ. As we share the word of God, as we love people, okay, there may not be verbal words being spoken, but there's action that's reflective of our Father. When we love people, when we're kind to people, when we exercise the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's how we're speaking to people, along with our words, sharing the the gospel. So I want to read this whole section. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 through 20. He, speaking of Christ, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. What does this mean? So we should begin to evaluate others from a godly kingdom perspective. Not from how we used to see them or how we have a propensity to see them. Oh, they're just a jerk. Oh, they're mean. That's just them. Maybe they're just lost. <laughs> Maybe they're just so wounded they don't know how to love. Maybe they don't know how to be nice. Maybe they've never seen any examples. Maybe they grew up in a home where they weren't loved. Our love expressed was not in a godly manner. Unsaved people are unsaved. <laughs> what great revelation. Here's another one for you. People living in sin, sin. <laughs> sin or sin, okay? So they're not going to have a godly perspective. At one time, we were just like them. So before we get all holy and righteous and mighty and all that, wait a minute. But God, yet God, through God, Now we have salvation, now he is working in our lives to change us from what we once were. He's working in in bringing health and healing to our lives so that we're not damaging our relationships with other people, and more importantly with the Lord. Verse 16 continues, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Think about before you had this relationship with Christ. Oh, yeah, I've heard about Jesus. Uh, They say that he was a man, but he was also fully God, that he was a good teacher, that he was a prophet. He died on a cross. They believe that he rose from the dead. Before we had a relationship with Christ, we thought of him from a human point of view. But this relationship with him has changed our perspective. It's changed our life. Verse uh, verse 16 continues in 2nd Corinthians 5. How differently we know him now. Because we don't just know about him or what we've heard but we have a relationship. He lives within us. The Holy Spirit lives within us and so we have this connection with him that has changed our perspective. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Because our perspective has changed. Because our life has changed. Because we can walk in freedom and liberty knowing that our sins are forgiven. We sang about it this morning. No sin. No stain. (sighs) That's liberating. Especially for people that are living under condemnation and guilt and shame. And living lifestyles where they're continually being beat up and beating themselves up, not realizing that they can be free. And there's a whole world of people around us that we have influence with that that are stuck there. And we know the key to unlock the prison door, to let them out. Now, if if they know and they choose to stay locked in prison, well, the thing that we can do is pray for them, encourage them, strengthen them the best that we can, not enable them. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. It is a gift from God that we can receive. Listen, God doesn't make every decision for us. We have a free will. And every day we're making decisions. Some are important. Do I get a double meat with cheese or a single? (laughs) Do I get a chocolate shake or a water, Dr. Pepper, or a tea? And maybe those things really don't matter. They probably don't. But there are a lot of other decisions that we make. Paul goes on to write, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. He's given us a task of reconciling people to him, but through this reconciliation to him also reconciles people to each other. So we have this. Okay, everybody do this. Okay, now we're going to try to do something that that I tried to do a while ago, and it's hard. Try to do this now at the same time. Yeah, I was sitting at my desk working on a sermon. I'm going, okay, we're reconciled to God and to one another. That makes a cross. But I, I can't, you know, I was doing all this so it's it's this reconciliation it's this transformation in our lives that help us to reconcile to one another right because we begin to forgive one another we begin to extend grace we begin to receive grace and god has given us this task of reconciling people to him so if we're if we say that we're christians there's some things that jesus has said hey i've given you a task A task is something we intentionally and actively pursue. Okay, I'm going to go wash the car and get the car cleaned out. But I can't do it while I'm sitting on the sofa watching a football game or watching TV or taking a nap. So a task requires an intentional and active pursuit And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. It's a task. We have to be intentional. We don't need to be beating people up with a 10-pound Bible. But are we being good ambassadors of the kingdom of God? Do we represent Christ in such a manner that people know what kingdom we are representing? Or do we have to have a sign on our back? I'm, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Look at me, look at me. Or do we just go out and live it? And people say, man, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but I want what you have. <laughs> Verse 19, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That's good news. People need to know, hey, listen. You can be free. You can be forgiven. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. This is a wonderful message that the world needs to hear, that some Christians need to hear too, probably. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. He loves you. You don't have to stay stuck where you are. And so the Sunrise Service is specifically designed for this. That we will be a light. We'll say, come back to God. If you already know Lord, the Lord, then let us help you develop your relationship. Or maybe you'll be challenged today or whatever. But we need to pray that God will just pour out over every person there. And then be expecting it to happen. So we can be a bright light every place we go. Our relationship with the Lord defines who we are. That's important to know, that our relationship defines who we are. My third point is we are empowered to go out and change the world. I didn't do a whole lot. (laughs) I'm glad that I'm not having to look at this thing right now. John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, obey my commandments. I think we could also, if we wanted to flip this a little bit, we could say, if we don't keep his commandments, maybe we don't really love him. Jesus was and is all about relationships. He was never about religion He's always been about relationships. Matthew 28, 18-20. You've heard this hundreds of times, probably. Hopefully you have it memorized. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I have all authority. But this is what I want you to do. He gives us a charge. Therefore, because I have all authority in heaven... And on earth, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you, all the commands that I've given you. In other words, go out and live this thing out. How do children and many people learn? Example, example, example. example. And so Jesus has given us a task to go teach and train up others so that they can go and teach and train up others. And he he finalizes, he says, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you. I'm empowering you. I'm tasking you. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you believe me, if you trust in me, if you're committed to me. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Have you ever seen those spotlights Light at, uh, late at night where maybe there's a grand opening of something, you know, and, and you see that light, and you're like, well, let's go check it out. And you drive for like 20 minutes, and you're like, forget it. That thing is like 50 miles away. <laughs> it's, it's not about what you do as much as it is about who we are in Christ. So imagine that you see that spotlight, and it's moving, and, and you know, everybody's seeing it that's within a thousand-mile radius of that light. But here's an example of what we, what we can do. I, I just said it's not about what we do as much as it is about who we are in Christ, okay? So what we can do, we can go turn on the spotlight. That's something that we could do, Right? Or, who we are could be that we could be a spotlight. So, are we just doing something? Are we just turning on the light? Or are we being a spotlight? We can do Christ-like things on our own. There are people that are unsaved that do nice things, that are generous, giving, or whatever, right? So, we can do nice things, On our own, or we can be like Christ through his transformation. We can do things or we can be. Do we want to do things like Christ or do we want to be like Christ? I think there's a difference there. Matthew 5 14 through 16. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. So, what is your light like? If you could step outside yourself and see your light what would it be put on your sunglasses this is what we can be like no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house Lamps have a purpose, right? They can gather people. Have you ever been camping or something, and it's dark out there, and somebody has a campfire, and you kind of find yourself gravitating over, hey, what's going on? you uh, you have any more marshmallows? I'd like to grill, you know, roast a marshmallow or whatever. Light lights up a path where it's dark. Lights, lamps provide direction for safety. Think of a lighthouse that keeps ships from <laughs> crashing into the rocks or into the shore. So that's a physical application that we can think of, but there's a spiritual application as well, that the light of Christ shining through us will draw people to Him. Do you know people that they're just, you're just drawn to them? Because of, of the love of God in their life. I, th- I think of Pastor Don, people are just flocked to Pastor Don because he's so loving and gracious, but also the light of God is shining through his light. And it's, it's uh, attractive to people. I'm not talking about physically attractive, I'm talking about spiritually. And so are we attractive to people because of the light? We're a light to light the path to, to him. We're also, uh, we provide direction for safety as a light. Matthew 5:16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Being a bright light automatically produces good fruit, good deeds. The Lord not only does good things, He is good. A light is to be shown and seen. Not hidden. Our life in Christ is to be shown and seen. Not hidden. What about the light of Christ in you? Is it hidden? Or is it shining brightly for all to see? So we can be a bright light every place we go. Our relationship with the Lord defines who we are. We are empowered to go out and change the world. The light of Christ in us has earthly implications and results. The light of Christ in us has eternal implications and rewards.